0: This is the Elevators Podcast. We discuss all things elevating your life, work, and relationships as you are building your business and yourself. Here is your host, yours truly, Dylan Buck. Welcome back to the Elevators Podcast. This week, we've got aspiring agency owner, Austin Nice. Austin is currently a market director, which is probably the most difficult promotion to reach and to maintain. Uh, He came into the business at 22 years old and has a goal to be the youngest agency owner in family heritage history, and I think he's going to do it. Typically, if I see a resume for somebody that's under the age of 25, I won't even interview them unless they have significant direct selling experience. Because in general, they don't have the mental and emotional maturity to really jump into a long-term entrepreneurial career. Austin, however, is absolutely the exception. And if you're listening to this and you find yourself in that same age range, here's a challenge to be the exception and not the rule. Austin has a very high A to T and he's going to talk through his philosophy on selling in regards to dedicating time to target higher income prospects. So keep doing what you're doing and take what you can to level up in your business. Here is Austin Nice. What's up? Welcome back to the Elevators podcast. This week, uh, I get to sit down with Austin Nice. He's going to be talking about quality business, working with higher income business owners. Uh, This part's awesome. Uh, Thanks for being here with us.
1: Absolutely. I appreciate it, Dylan. Um, I think this podcast helps out a lot of people, so it's an honor to be on it. But um, yeah, we'll roll right into it. Um, So selling to higher income business owners, this is something that You know, I really wanted to learn early on in my career. If I think back to when I first started uh, back in 2019, there was was nothing more frustrating than signing someone up or working all day and then, you know, two or three days later – you saw like a call into cancellation or you saw a BRI where they called their bank to stop the draft or, you know, a month later, even you saw insufficient funds. And it kind of just felt like for every one step forward I was taking, I was taking two or three steps back. And so really it it was just like, Hey, you know, if if the goal here is to build a long-term residual income, right. And get paid, you know, for years beyond the business, if if people are consistently falling off, you're you're just never going to attain that goal. Right. So I guess for me it was, hey, how can I just write consistent quality business, you know, year round, um, and and, and make it stay on the books for as long as possible, right? And so, when I look at the the main concepts or takeaways to get from selling to higher income people, the three things that I've really noticed is you just get one better A to T, right? So the more, um, the higher or or you know, the higher the A to T you have, right, the 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 more renewal you're going to essentially have down down the road. Um, and higher bonuses and higher bonuses. Yep. True. And then also just generally when you're selling to higher income people, they're spending more on premium, right? So if they're spending more on premium, you can essentially cover less or you can cover more ground with less families protected. So, you know, it's funny cause they just, they just gave out here at the, at the globe life mid-year meeting, you know, for the, you know, the 25 and 50 Eagle awards or whatnot. And just one thing that really stands out about that 25th Eagle that I wrote was, you know, it was only 12 apps. It was like 16,500 something, you know, but it was only 12 apps. It was literally just three families protected um, and just four apps each, you know, 12 apps, a lead across the board, every single one. And on average, you know, they're spending between 450 and 600 in premium, but it's just really cool because you could, you take a step back and it's like, you know, that was earlier on this year, all three of those people are still on the books, um, and you're just able to cover that much ground, even though it was only three people, you okay. know. And then obviously, when you start working with those kind of business owners, you also get way better um, referrals, you know. Sure. And so, the first thing that I'll start with that I think is very important is the first approach. So it's got to be the exact um, same every single time, and, you know. I, I, and I've used this analogy in the past, but it's it's kind of like baking a cake, right? You know, if you go to the cheesecake factory, whether you're in Florida, Texas, you know, Tennessee it tastes the exact same, right? They follow the exact same, you know, ingredients or whatnot when they cook it every single time. Um, It's got to be the same thing in our business. If you consistently use a different first approach, you're going to always get different objections. Objections. If you use the same approach over and over again, eventually you're going to pretty much get the three main objections. What is, you know, what is it? um, Is this insurance or we're not interested, right? And then once you've kind of nailed down those three, you can overcome them, you know, without even thinking about it. But for me, my my first approach is very direct and you know and straightforward, and that's kind of just my personality. I know for a lot of people in this business, you know, there's like probably a thousand different variations of the first approach. So you know, obviously, the, you know, similar concepts. You break the ice, you build rapport. But kind of the, the second half of my approach is, you know, when they're like, so what do you do? It's like, yep. So what I do is take about five minutes and I share a program that pays cash directly to you. And they have an emergency. So look, I know it's Monday morning. You know, first thing after the weekend, you're obviously very busy, right? But as long as no one's coming in here in the next couple of minutes, do you mind if I share with you what I've been sharing with everyone else? And I'm just, you know, very assumptive in it, right? And it's like, okay, cool. Where's a good place to sit down? So, right. and that's obviously after you've used, you know, three or four power names, you've done a really good job at breaking the ice, building rapport. poor. But I've just noticed for me, especially when working with these quality owners or higher income people, that more direct and straightforward approach works way better than, you know, some of the variations of like, hey, what I do is very, you know, unique all I do is take a couple minutes to show if you like it, cool. If not, kick me out. That's just not going to fly in a lawyer's office. They're going to straight up say, well, well, what is it? Before, you know, you get down in it. And so typically by you saying a program that pays cash directly to you in the event emergency, it can be a tougher approach to use when you're brand new. But at the end of the day, owners are very direct and straightforward too. They want to know what is it and how it works. You know what I mean? I get to get right to it, you know? So, um, and the, the last thing I'll say is, I only typically use a names list when I'm first starting in a town, but once I've kind of been rolling, as I either one come across clients or sign people up, I start moving those business cards to the front. So you'll see kind of like right here, just these cards that are organized, right? You got like a meat market, you got an auto body shop, concrete plumbing, um, you know, car dealership, a preschool, you know, a a retail store, um, all locally owned. And you know, these first six right here all have a lead across the board. And then these bottom four are just clients of ours, but don't, don't have everything. But you know, these are all big power names. When I show this names list, they're like, "Yep, we know every single one of them." So sort it of establishes credibility right away. But again, if you haven't signed up a bunch of people in the town you're working, it's still good to be. You know, if you if you met with the police chief or if you met with the diesel shop owner, even if they're not signed up, you can say, "Hey, here are some of the recent business owners that I've met with." You know what I mean, right? So. Um, that's kind of the first thing is just the first approach, right? And and you'll notice in that, and that second part, when I talked about is I acknowledge how busy the owner is. There's nothing more frustrating for a business owner that (laughs) makes it look like you're not respecting their time, you know? So, um, the next thing is the, is the opening intro page on the demo. So kind of when you are, you know, at the heart attack, stroke, cancer spot, and and my opening line is pretty much the same every single time. It's just, uh, you know, Hey, to kind of show you how this works, I'm assuming you're like most business owners that I sit down and speak with, you probably know someone that's been through something like cancer or a serious accident. In fact, I was just talking to Johnny Bravo who owns Bravo's diesel. And he mentioned he lost his brother due to cancer. You know, who's the closest person that, you know, that's been through something like cancer. Right. And I just, you know, get, you know, get those stories going right away. Cause the more you can get up front or the more you give up front, the more you're probably going to get, whether it's either right up front at the demo or kind of throughout. Right. Sure. And so once I do that, I always make sure they pick one. Right. So to kind of show you how this works between cancer, heart attack, strokes and accidents, you know, which one of these would you say concerns you the most? And some things I I see, especially with newer agencies, when they when they give the story to get one, they're just assuming because they they got given a cancer story that that's going to be the concern for the business owner. But you never want to do that because even though he may have lost his brother to cancer or, or whatever the situation is, you know, you might actually choose accidents, you know? So you got to always make sure to, to really tailor it to them. You want to really start with the first one that, that's going to be the biggest concern for them. And so um, the more you're willing to give, um, the more you're typically able to get throughout the demo. And you'll notice, even if you don't get a bunch of stories up front, because sometimes people can be very, you know, um, close minded, not really w- willing to open up right away. But yeah. the more you're willing to give up front, you'll notice sometimes when you're on the benefits they're like, yeah, my son actually broke his wrist, you know, two months ago. And it's like, well, where is that at the beginning of the demo? You <laughs> right. know what I mean? But as the trust starts to get created throughout the demo, you'll notice more stuff typically comes out. Um, one thing that has really helped me, especially working with some of these owners is, Obviously, a higher income business owner is typically not not just sitting at the business, not doing anything. They're obviously going to be very, very busy. So a lot of times you're going to be pressed on time or they may not always be there. So you got to be able to relay information in a timely manner. So I kind of call this the quick intro. Um, and really, it, it, it what, what's helped me a lot is because I have it nailed down so well in about 90 seconds, I can actually do the quick intro, still build the need in that time frame, but then set the follow-up appointment and then that follow-up appointment is what I can actually do—the full demo, go through X, X and, and O's, I actually close them right there on the spot. But if you don't have that quick intro nailed down, you're just not going to be able to build enough need or spark enough interest and then get that follow up appointment set on the books, right? So when I do the quick intro to where I, you know, I walk in there, they're pressed on time or they just clearly look busy and they're like, "Dude, it's Monday after the, you know, after the fourth or Tuesday after the fourth or whatever, right?" and they're like, what is this? I go, cool, takes me like 90 seconds. I'll show you three pages. If it's something you're interested in, you can come back, you know, Thursday morning or Friday afternoon, you know, the choice is too positive. So I immediately on this go to the iceberg page every single time on the cancer one. I'm just like, hey, kind of show you how this works. Again, I'm assuming you're like most business owners that I sit down and meet with. You probably know someone that's been through something like cancer. Give the story to get one. They're obviously typically like, yep, everyone knows someone that's been through that. I go, okay, when someone typically goes through that, there's two types of cost. And I just literally pick up the sales talk like you would on the iceberg page. And then on that critical question, before I go to the indirect cost page, instead of saying, hey, you know, if if God forbid you went through something like cancer and you couldn't work for like three months, six months, or maybe it's more catastrophic and you're out for an entire year, how would it impact you financially? I just kind of tweak that wording and go, how would that impact your family or more importantly, your business? Excuse me. How would it impact your business or more importantly, your family? And typically just when you ask it like that, whether they're really well off or not it's going to have some sort of impact right because again if someone's family is going through cancer and they're consistently in and out of the hospital or not it's going to have some sort of impact you know right. so then you're not just tying it to finances but just overall impact and just going to get more responsive answers that way yeah. and then once I go through that I just again go to the indirect cost page you know and I, I don't list them out right I just go through them you know typically hey you know your income drops, expenses go up. Something's got to bridge the gap to cover the difference. You know, which one of these would impact you the most? They choose that. Why do you say that? Um, and then I finish up with the two circles page, and I go, yep. So to kind of break this down, you know, and I go, if you had health insurance, that would just pay strictly the doctors, or if they do have health insurance, hey. So obviously your health insurance only pays the doctors. The cool thing about what we do is, We pay the cash directly to you, and then you're in charge of how that gets spent. So what a lot of my business owners like about it are because the payouts are so high, you can use it on personal costs, business costs, or help assist with medical expenses. Um, And then that's typically when I read read like a return of premium IRA. And then after that, um, it's like, you know, sometimes they're like, well, how does that work? You know, like on the return of premium, it's like, well, hey, if you have five minutes, I can kind of run through the rest of how that works. If not, that's when I set the you know appointment for Wednesday morning, Thursday afternoon, or whatever. You know, So that's kind of like the quick intro. And then just one thing that I, that I really lock in on too is just with the IRAs that I use in the demo, they're all over 10K. Um, again, if you're going to be working with higher income people, showing them a, a $1,500 payout on an accident plan, right. is, it, is it awesome that we paid out? Absolutely. And I'm sure that 1500 definitely helped out that person. right? But again, if you're a lawyer making $400,000 a year, you need to see something like, damn, if I go through that, this is actually going to help me, you know, make up for the gap that I'm missing out on not being here at the business. You know, so um, when I'm actually in the demo and I'm on the the two circles page, if I'm getting objections as far as competitors like Aflac, Colonial combined, whatever it may be, I handle all competitors the exact same. If they go, oh, this is, this is just like Aflac or yeah, this is just like Colonial, I'll go, We actually work totally different. Aflac or whatever the competitor they're referencing is more tailored towards regular employees. We're more tailored towards business owners. And the difference is an employee typically doesn't have the same kind of cash flow as a business owner. So you run in this business, you obviously have personal expenses, but also business expenses. So you're just going to simply need a lot more coming in um, to cover all that cash flow. So our payouts are actually more designed for a higher income business owner, so we do have similar stuff that matches payouts of the, of the competitors, right? But obviously our higher payouts are more geared towards higher income owners. And again, it's just, again, that's just me tailoring it to the owner, right. right? And then when I'm going through the actual close, it's nothing crazy different than a regular demo. I'm just strictly using power names who have similar situations, right? So if I know the person I'm talking to is like 43 years old and they have kids and I know... This guy right here, you know, has a lead across the board on my business cards up front. I'm pulling that out and I'm referencing him because I know he's going to have a similar situation and there's probably a good chance that their families know each other, especially if they have kids, you know, similar ages. Um, and then I always close them on one at first and then bring those other stories back around that I got up front. So that's why it's crucial if you flash back to the front of the demo, when you're going through the cancer, the heart attack, stroke, the accident, if you can get a, you know a story on each one. You then bring that back full circle and it's like you close them on the cancer one and then you're like, hey, you know, you also mentioned you lost your brother due to a heart attack or stroke or you also mentioned, you know, your son tore his ACL playing football last year or whatever. Right. And then you bring that back full circle and I just go, hey, you know, you don't get what you don't ask for. So I just go, a lot of my owners get everything because they'd rather have everything and not need it than just have our cancer plan and then get into a car accident. Like, well, why didn't I get the accident one? You know, so again, because these higher income business owners are used to higher amounts of cash flow them seeing 600 draft out of their business bank account is not really a big deal when some of these people have 80 to 100,000 dollars of cash flow coming in and out each month, you know? So I just, you know, always reference, "Hey, most of my owners get everything and here's why." And then I just use reasonings from that people gave me, you know, there in the town and whatnot. And then when I'm, when I'm going into the next demo or after I've closed them on that first app, that's typically when I'll bring out the product matrix and just go, look, for everything, you know, it's an extra 350 400 whatever, and that's, you know, when they'll start asking, hey, how's that cancer one work or the heart one work or, you know, things like that, for whichever one they didn't buy, you know, so. I'd assume that you'd probably give them the
0: option for both, right? Like, it- Everybody's different. Some people just want the accident, but I know that you brought up this and this. Would you want me to show you just for accident or the combined that covers you under all of it? Yeah, kind of how you bring it up.
1: Exactly. Well, and it's one of those things where too, like what you'll notice is when you start writing, you know, preferred or lead across the board consistently, it kind of turns into a mindset. Like it's just I don't even, you know, when when I'm on that price page, right? I don't. I don't really ever reference the, the the base or the standard, right? Like, I for just, sure you know, not. when I'm on that price page, it's, it, it's preferred or elite. And typically, when mm-hmm. they see 223 you know, for a family cancer plan, and they go, oh, that's not bad at all, right. I know right away, like, hey, you know, probably another 400 or 350 is not going to be a big deal, you know? Right. And plus, especially, I'll say down here in Texas, and this was really eye-opening for me because just with me starting at, at 22 years old, you know, I was – familiar with health insurance, but I was not really familiar with, with cash pay stuff. I mean, you, when you're 22 years old, you're on your parents insurance. You just, yeah. when you go to the doctor, they pull out the blue cross. You don't even think about it, you know, but when, when you're self-employed and you start thinking about benefits, things like that, you kind of start to learn more about it. And just, it, I would say probably like 70% of these small business owners here in Texas do not use health insurance. You know, a lot of them, if they're healthy families and they don't go to the doctor often, it's just a lot of them. It, it, it's very hard to justify paying a month, right? So 18 grand a year and having a 5k deductible when let's say November comes, the daughter breaks her wrist playing, you know, soccer, volleyball, they go to the doctor and maybe it's only $1,800 cash, right? But if they haven't, you know, even come close to their 5k deductible, it's actually cheaper than them to pay cash as opposed to actually go through the blue cross, even though they're paying 1500 bucks a month for it, you know, so it's kind of crazy. And then you think about our accident plan, you know, after the x-ray, the MRI, the observation room, and then the elite level payout for a wrist fracture, that's 4,000 bucks. You know what I mean? So again, if they're paying cash for a basic wrist fracture, you know, take that 4,000, cover the 2, the 2,000 cash pay, put the other 2K back into the business, you know? So I never, you know, tell people, hey, cancel your health insurance or whatnot. But if they're strictly like, hey, we don't use major medical and they're very against that, I go, hey, that's, that's why people like this. As cash payers, this is why they like it is we have very high payouts tailored towards higher income business owners, we give you the cash tax-free and then you're in charge of how that gets spent. So it's cool because if you go to the urgent care, you know, for an accident or an injury, right? You know, you can then take that payout, use it on the actual bill and then put the rest back into the business. And just when you really tailor it like that to a lot of the owners, they just love the fact that they get the money and then they get to dictate how it gets spent, you know? Sure. So um, that's, that's kind of what I'll say on, on the cash pay. But again, you don't want to ever be the one to, to cancel someone's health insurance and then, you know, they go right. through cancer and then they're banking on just our cancer plan covering everything. Even though there's different situations of how it works or if hospitals write off certain amounts, things like that. I just go based off the information they give me. So if they're telling me straight up, hey, they're against major medical and whatever, well, cool, I'm going to show them how this works without major medical. Right. They're like, yep. Wife works for the ISD or the school district or, you know, husband's a deputy on the sheriff department or PD or fire or whatever, and they get their blue cross united through the city, county or whatever it is. And they're obviously on it. I'm going to show them how this works with health insurance. So it's cool just because when you have, when you have that, that mindset on both and how they work, you just become a lot better at tailoring it to those kind of individuals. And I'll say, even when I first started, you know, I actually was losing a bunch of people on the cash pay. When they would go, yeah, we don't even have major medical. Why would we get something like this? I was kind of not really having answers to answer that. But now, now you know, <laughs> once you've been here, your stories, names, things like that, and you kind of understand how the cash pay system works. Right. Um, it kind of just brings everything full circle. And now that's kind of like my bread and butter. I would say the, bre- the bread and butter majority of my clients, even the higher income ones, um, majority do not have health insurance and love our stuff at the preferred across the board or lead across the board, you know? And, yeah. and I know I, I get a lot of questions too of, you know, how did you get good at working with lawyers or, or doctors or just, you know, CPAs or, or whatever it may be? And, and the answer, you know, you, you heard it on the stage, just like success. typically, you know, the more successful people in our business are the ones that failed the most, you know? So to, to sum this up, you know, just to keep it real, right. I got my shit rocked when I first started my first month and I was walking into CPAs and lawyers and they're telling me get out of my office. We don't need this. Like, why would someone buy this? Get a real job? Like, I mean, it was, you know, yeah, it 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 was, it was, it was, it was, it was tough. Right. But again, once you do it enough, you, you finally get a CPA signed up you finally get a lawyer signed up. Then when you go on a train more, you're comfortable walking into CPAs, lawyers. And then eventually, you know, you get to where the majority of your business now is preferring to lead across the board. And when I first started, you know, it was five weeks in, I went on my first train where at that point I had yet to sell an elite level policy and I had yet to sell to someone who bought multiple policies, Mm. you know, and now it's like, now I'm selling three and four, just about every single person that I sit down with, if they're, if they're a business owner, you know, so it's just crazy. It's a, it's a skill set. It's a mindset anyone can do it. I'm not better or different, you know, than anyone else in this company. I just simply learned it, you know, and I was trained by Mitch McKinney and, you know, I was working in a very high income area, you know, about 35 minutes South of Austin. And he just said, Hey, you start here and you walk into every business. Well, if that third business on my first day was a lawyer's office, I walked in there, you yeah. know, and so everyone always goes, well, I don't want to walk into the CPAs yet. I don't want to walk into the real estate yet until I have more names or I have more stories. And it's just like, no, like that that that's the problem, right? Like if you if you delay how much you fail early on, the chances of you being here long term are gonna get lower and lower. If you just kind of go, let it rip, take the fear out of it, and just go in B2B. Next thing you know, you're, you're three years in and you walk into lawyer CPAs and it's just you're very comfortable doing it. You don't even think twice about it. You so know? true.
0: And one thing I do want to point out real quick that Austin just just mentioned that's really important is he is showing a lead across the board and preferred across the board to either people that ask for it or business owners, not to everybody. The reason that his persistency is what it is is because he is showing it to people that can't afford it and it's gonna that's going to provide the best service to them not just to everybody he's sitting down with, like a normal employee that's not going to be able to afford a $600 policy. Right. So it's the reason he's seeing the success that he's seeing.
1: Right, and this came up the other day. You know, someone was asking, you know, about about the Cricket Wireless, the dollar General, right? And I just want to put this out there because I think it's important, right? At, at the end of the day, protecting families is what this is all about, right? For sure. But you just have to go back to, to basic, you know, finance 101, right? <laughs> if someone has... You know, less coming in and more going out. You know, a hundred dollar accident plan is probably the first thing that's going to go if finances are already tight for for a single mother trying to put you know food on the table for her kids. Like, right. you get what I'm saying. So, it's not that those types of businesses shouldn't be you know spoken to or demoed, but just again, don't push two and three policies of four dollars in premium if you know the person's only making fifteen dollars an hour, right? right. Or if, or if the the manager of the place is only making 40 grand a year. So I personally do not go in those places. I get some people love working with those individuals, but again, it, it, it's just perspective, right? You know, a business owner can spend 450 and not think twice about it. So I'm making 40 grand a year, spending 500 on supplemental health insurance. That's, that, that's not always doable. And so it can be easy sometimes to, to really go in there, get a quick demo, close them on the spot. But again, if they're not staying on the books, so they're falling off three months later, we can't help them anyway. What, 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 and then you look back at it and you go, what did you, what did we really accomplish there? Like right. now three months in, they're not on the books. So one, they're not protected anymore. Right. You might have a potential chargeback. Your A to T's dropped. Right. And you're not getting a long-term renewal on it. So really it, it's a lose, lose situation if you're signing people up and they're falling off Within two, three, or four months, it's a lose-lose situation for all parties involved. You yeah. know, so that's kind of how I look at that. But at the end of the day, it's always about protecting families. But just I've noticed for me, it makes the career really, really fun when you work with other other like-minded individuals or other successful business owners. Um, it, ju- it just makes it way more fun when you can sell more premium. They stay on the books longer. They give you better referrals. It just makes the career ultimately way more fun to be in. So
0: absolutely cool. Well, awesome. That was awesome. I think that'll be really helpful for a lot of people. Um, I think one of the, the biggest pivot points for people is when they do decide to just start writing more quality business and book And business is staying on the books for a lot longer. Um, is there any kind of just pieces of advice that you'd leave people with before we hop off?
1: So again, my main advice, and I, and I tell this to all of our new agents, but you, you just got to simply, you just got to simply do it. You know, you, you, you can't hesitate, you know, and, and again, here's one thing that I'll say now, right? If I look back on my start, you know, I, I st- I was 22 years old, you know, fresh out of college. I didn't really know my sales talk when I first started. So it's, it's a miracle that I even made it through my first <laughs> month, but I thought I could just go rogue and, and do this whole thing on my own and in my own way. And it, it, it was terrible, you know, that you just should not do that. Just use the system. it's It's way easier. But if I look back on it, right? Like, the tools we have in place now are night and day difference from where they were at three years ago. I mean, we literally have Google Drive folders with every single competitor you can think of to where all you got to do is go onto the Google Drive folder and, and research it, right? For me, I literally had a Google like aflac.pdf, colonial.pdf for all these different policies. In fact, I'm, I'm the one that made it the Google Drive folder, you know what I mean? I actually went back download it all, organize it all competitors. So then when a new agent goes, Hey, how do you do with Aflac? Or can I look at Aflac policies?" I go, Hey, y'all share the Google drive folder with them and, and, and they just research it. Right. But I guess what I'm trying to get at is if you look at like a restaurant owner, right? Typically they're the first ones, there, last ones to leave. Now I'm not saying you work 8am to 8pm every single day, but you obviously have your field hours where you're working in the business, but you've got to be doing stuff to where you work on the business. I literally would read our brochures to where I could just read the different benefits. I would, I would you know, understand how the cash value works in Texas, you know, um, or, or, or or other states. But I was just consistently a student of the game. I asked thousands of questions. And then you, you just look at where, where I've gotten to now. It's not that I, again, am, am special or just way better than everyone. I just put in a lot of time and effort to learning the system, learning competitors, learning our policies to where you name a policy, pick a benefit. I'll tell you the amount at all four levels, you know? So when you just really become a student of the game and you're not just working in the business, but you're working on it outside of field hours, it just takes this whole thing to a whole new level. So that's what I would say to, you know, a newer agent or just, just general advice to help me out. So
0: cool. I love it. Well, Austin, if you're cool with it, we'll probably post those, uh, those Google docs or Google drives in the show notes for people.
1: Sure. you can compare sure. and
0: contrast but thanks for being on man that was that's great stuff
1: awesome yep i appreciate it god bless
0: this has been an elevated podcast production thank you so much for tuning in be sure to check out our instagram page at elevated financial like share and let us know what you want to hear more of